Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, June 21st. As always, I'm your host, Travis Karczewski. And again, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. Uh, it's just me today. Like I said, I'm Travis Karczewski. Um, just me today. Sherman's at Cedar Point. Uh, and I got some stuff I got to do later, so we don't really have time to bring in a guest today. So it's just me today. You got another show with just me, which is kind of nice every once in a while. You know, Truman gets a little heated, especially after Tuesday's show with that uh, Melvin Gordon debate. It's got a little out of hand because Truman was being such an idiot. Um, I mean, who thinks Melvin Gordon's a top? He said top five at first. He's not even top top ten in my book. Uh, but. We'll, we'll uh, maybe address that later. The poll we ran on Twitter, actually, you guys voted in, uh, proved my point. Uh, I forget what the percentage was, but it was an, it was a pretty sizable difference, and most people agreed that he was not a top seven running back. We went seven, not ten. Uh, we went top seven. Uh, so, that's a story for another day, but we're going to get into it. Like I said, it is Thursday, June 21st, so that means NFL Draft Night. Uh, the NFL draft, not, I don't even, it doesn't even compare to the NFL draft, but I'd say, you know, in all sports, it's easily the second biggest draft, uh, uh, out there. Uh, you know, hockey, you don't hockey and baseball, you barely hear from them at all. Uh, but the NBA does a pretty good job. We got a lot of rumors going on right now, especially the biggest rumor. I think right now the biggest storyline is the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, so they've been dealing with you know LeBron this offseason they've been trying to figure out you know what he does uh, what he's going to do and this is LeBron every offseason every offseason he's a free agent he throws up a smoke screen and it leaves you know the teams to kind of figure it out he did it with uh, the Cavs uh, when he left the first time he did it with the Heat when they left when he left uh, Miami so I don't know what the Cavs are going to do I guess they offered the rumors out that they offered the eighth overall pick, Kevin Love, and a role player of San Antonio's choice for Kawhi Leonard. That's obviously a play to keep LeBron. You're not going to trade all that away if you don't want LeBron, if you don't think LeBron's going to come back if you get Kawhi. Um, but if I'm Cavs fans, I get it. You love LeBron James. He's your guy. But he's just a this is a terrible look for him. He's holding the Cavs hostage here. Because what do the Cavs do? If the Cavs, I'm telling you this right now, Cavs fans, if they don't make a trade tonight, if they don't trade away that eighth overall pick, and they pick somebody at eight, LeBron, LeBron's gone. He does not want to sit there and have to mentor another rookie, have to deal with the possibility that this rookie turns out to be a bust. He wants a proven veteran. And if they stick at number eight and they pick whoever they pick, Colin Sexton, like I said, Trey Young, Michael Porter, whoever, if they pick one of those guys, LeBron's gone. All right? He's done. Um, so we'll see what happens. That's a lot to give up for Kawhi. Uh, you know, Kevin Love's a really good player, you know, and they don't really have any role players. So, I mean, would Kawhi help LeBron a lot? Yeah, and I think LeBron and Kawhi would work really well together. But the Cavs are in such a tough spot. He did this in Miami, like I said, you know, Rumors were out there that they really li- that he really liked uh, Shabazz Napier uh, from uh, Connecticut, but so the so the Heat traded up to get him. Uh, they gave away a lot to get that pick to draft Shabazz, and LeBron left anyways. So we'll see what happens. I guess LeBron does like Trey Young. Um, I don't think Trey Young is going to fall to number eight. I think he's going to go to the Magic at number six. Uh, but if he does, does LeBron stay? I don't think that's a guarantee he stays. So, 
this is going to be something to watch for tonight. And I know if you listen to us on 12 ounce, you'll be able to tell. But if the Cavs trade away that eighth overall pick, the chance that LeBron stays and they get a good veteran, LeBron's the chance that LeBron stays is high. If they don't trade away LeBron, if they don't trade away that eighth overall pick, LeBron's gone. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. He's gone. There's no. I don't think there's even a chance that he stays, no matter who they draft, even if it is Trey Young. Because um, I don't think LeBron wants to take and wants to deal with another rookie. Now, could this rookie, you know, could let's say they as some miracle they get Trey Young? Could he come in and be the next Steph Curry? Yeah, but it's there's a chance he won't, and I don't think LeBron wants to take that chance. So it's gonna be what's it? I'm recording this at noon right now on Tuesday. If the Cavs don't get a deal done by the time you know that pick is up on the clock, LeBron's gone, and I think the Cavs know that. Um, and if I'm Kevin Love, I'm I'm pissed right now. You know why are you trying to trade me? I've done nothing but you know go out there most nights and try to put up a good effort. And I don't know if Kevin Love wants to lead this team, but if if, if I was him, I would. I'd want to be the guy who kind of takes over this Cavaliers team, you know, post LeBron, uh, because. I don't know what's gonna happen if they get a good pick. If they get a good player at number eight, you got Kevin Love. This is a good cat. This is a decent Cavs team that could make a run at an eighth, seventh seed. Um, but we'll see what happens. But I, if I'm a Cavs fan, I really don't like what LeBron does in the offseason. He's a, t- I get it. LeBron's a, be- a great, really good ba- basketball player, but he's terrible the front offices. He comes in and he, and the Cavs have this really good asset at number eight. And, he, and he's going to make them trade away, and there's no guarantee that he stays, even if they get a really good player. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But there's a lot of rumors going around right now, obviously before the draft. I don't think we're going to get this original draft order. I think there is going to be a trade. There's a lot of rumors going on right now, uh, especially with the fourth pick, the Grizzlies, who if you've, been, if you've been following the Grizzlies, it's kind of been an interesting story because they've only worked out, they haven't worked out the top guys. They have the number fourth pick. They have the number four pick, and they haven't worked out many top guys. I know the only guy they've really worked out was Wendell Carter out of Duke, uh, who isn't really projected to be a top four pick. Could he? Does he have the talent to be? Yeah, probably, but I think there's a lot better talent, more finished guys that number that will be available at number four than Wendell Carter. And they only worked him out. They haven't worked out Aiden. They haven't worked out Donick. I, I don't know if that's a problem where they just can't bring these guys in. Or the fact that they know they aren't going to be picking at number four. And they know they can trade back maybe with a team like the Knicks uh, or the Clippers who are trying to trade up. They got two first-round picks. Uh, they, they know they can trade back um, and get Wendell Carter at you know where the Knicks are at, number nine, or the Clippers, 12 and four, 14. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, this could be something that is a real possibility that could happen. Uh, I think the Grizzlies are probably the best chance that they get uh, that are the best chance to trade up. I think the Suns and the Kings and the uh, Hawks are going to stay put at one, two, three. Um, especially the Suns. I don't see them trading away that number overall pick. Aiton's a once in generational talent. Uh, I don't think they'll trade away. Uh, that it would have to be a really great offer for them to trade that away. Um, but we'll see what happens. The fourth pick, that's going to be interesting. I heard this. I heard the Knicks are in play. I heard the Celtics are in play, which is interesting because uh, the Celtics, if they got, somehow got the fourth overall pick, they'd have to give up a lot. I don't, I'm don't. i not exactly sure what pick they have, uh, but they would have to give up a lot, I think, to get the fourth pick. 
because um, they are pretty far down. They're not in that top 10, which I think the Grizzlies would like to stay in the top 10 to take Wendell Carter, but it's going to be interesting. And again, the Clippers are trying to trade up, I guess. They got that 12th and 13th pick. Uh, that's a pretty hot commodity. But if I'm the Clippers, I think I'd stay at 12 and 13 because I don't really want to get – you can get two really good players at 12 and 13 and right back-to-back, two really good rookies. Uh, they're going to lose DeAndre Jordan this offseason. They lost Blake Griffin. They lost Chris Paul. They're, they're rebuilding right now. And to be able to bring in two young – Athletic rookies, maybe a guard, maybe a wing, uh, would be really helpful for them. So I think it'd be better to get two players instead of one, if that if that makes sense. At that position, uh, another storyline, and this is crazy, is the Warriors are at 28. They got the 28th overall pick, uh, which is crazy because teams usually are good and got and uh, are great like the Warriors and have you know fi- been to the finals deep in the playoffs. Usually don't have that first round pick. Because they traded away for, uh, you know, more talent during the season, but the Warriors haven't needed, haven't had felt the need to trade away that talent, uh, trade for talent because they have so much talent. So they have the 28th overall pick. They had a first round pick last year. They used it to take Jordan Bell, who was a a pretty big piece in this championship this year. So if I'm NBA, if I'm the NBA right now, I'm trying my hardest to make sure that a guy doesn't slip to the Warriors at number 28. There's going to be a value there. At the pick 28. They're going to get a young athletic player. Who could be another solid bench player for them. Um, and that's scary. If I'm the NBA. So I'm if I'm doing every, I'm doing everything I can. If I'm uh, other NBA teams. To make sure that a guy doesn't slip through the cracks. And fall to the Warriors at 28. I think that's a big deal. I think that's a big um, pick to watch. And I know most fans aren't going to be staying up. To the 28th overall pick. You know. Usually the NBA draft is only exciting top 15. That's why we only did top 15 mock draft. Um, because usually after that it falls off. But there are some interesting names uh, in these later rounds. You know, Grayson Allen, Jalen Brunson. Uh, you know, some of these big college basketball names that really their talent doesn't really translate to the NBA. But they were big names in college. Uh, it could be available at 28. And the Warriors, if they were able to get a good player at 28 and just add to that talent, add to that bench... This is scary. I mean, this is why the Warriors are so good because they don't win in the traditional way. Obviously, they got Kevin Durant in free agency, but everybody else is pretty much homegrown talent. Uh, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. You know, these guys are homegrown, drafted talent who've been there for a long time. And to just add to that core, add to that bench would be extremely helpful. So that's it for NBA draft talk. Like I said, it is. Tonight, uh, recording this on Thursday, so if you listen to this on 12 ounce, uh, you already know what's going on. But there's there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of buzz going on. I, I highly doubt that the draft will go as you know the original draft order is right now. Um, I think that number fourth pick, number four pick, is going to be traded. Uh, I don't know who. I could see the Clippers doing it. I don't think they should, but I could see them doing it. I could see the Knicks trading up for somebody uh, like a Trey Young. I know they really want a guy who can score, um, who can shoot, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but for that, we're going to move now to the um, football talk that we got today. Keep in, keep um, our segment going here, 32 teams and 32 shows. We're going to stay in the AFC West with the Broncos. Uh, so the Broncos, they're a pretty interesting team. 5-11 and 11 last year, uh, 
they've they've kind of fallen a lot since the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Since Peyton Manning, they've been a, a loss. Trevor Simeon is not the franchise guy that they thought he could be. Paxton Lynch, I think we're starting to see he's not the guy either. He's not a guy who's going to lead this franchise to a Super Bowl. Um, so they've been looking for other options. 5-11 and 11 last year with a mix of Simeon and Lynch at quarterback. It was, it was at some points, it was pretty good. Pretty hard to watch if I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, it did not go well, uh, Simeon and Lynch. So they went out and they got one of the best quarterbacks in the in the league last year in Case Keenum. Uh, they added him. They added Sue Cravens and they added Mar- Marquette Quint King. Three guys who are really interesting names to watch. We'll start with Case Keenum. This guy had an unbelievable year last year. Career backup, career serviceable guy, you know, Jared Goff's, you know, bridge. Uh, he started those couple games for the Rams. Uh, Texans guy has never really performed very well until last year uh, with the Vikings. He went off. He went insane. He, he played really well. He was the top quarterback last year. And now it's going to be interesting to see what happens. He got the big money. He got the starting job. Now it's going to be interesting to see, is he going to step up or is he going to step back into that backup bridge role that we think that everybody knows Case Keenum by. Um, so hopefully next this year he'll prove he's not an outlier. He's not a guy who's going to um, go out there and just give you a decent performance. He's going to he's gonna be that 2017 Minnesota Vikings Case Keenum who leads his team uh, to the NFC Championship game on an insane last-minute pass. Um, so that's going to be the key. And then you go Sue Cravens. I know a lot of people don't know who he is. He was the Redskins safety last year, sat out. I want to say most of the season. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I can look that up for you right now. But he was an interesting story. He st- he stepped away from football uh, for a long for a couple games this year. I'm gonna look it up really quick. Um, but he got traded to the Broncos. He sat out. I'm trying to get the stats. Uh, hold on. Sue Cravens. He's safety, like I said. Uh, he only played 11 games last year, which he was a starter. He was going to be the starter for the Redskins, but he sat out. He, stu- he took a step back from football. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe some mental health issues. I don't know, but hopefully he can get fixed. Cause he is a really good player when he is healthy and when he is you know, committed to football. Uh, so that could really help out in the secondary. And then you got Marquette Quint King, who has made punters – kind of notable kind of guys people want to watch he's made punting fun he's kind of a big character off the field I think that's why the Raiders got rid of him I don't think John Gruden really wanted to mess with that um so we'll see what happens there not a huge position but he is a good punter uh so I think that's going to help out a lot but they did lose two key players they trade away Keeb Tlaib uh to the Rams that's huge Keeb Tlaib and Chris Harris were one of the best probably the best cornerback duos in the league and now, you know, that's that they that split up. Uh, is Bradley Roby, Ohio State, is he going to step up this year? Is he going to step back and not be, you know, that corner that the Broncos need? I think he will. I think he has the talent to step up. Um, he's from DBU, so I think he's obviously got the talent uh, to do that. But that's going to be interesting. And then the running back position is also very interesting because you got a new guy. you got Case Keenum. You don't know. He's not a sure thing yet. 
and if he doesn't perform, they're going to rely heavily on that running game. And they lost they lost their starter, uh, C.G. Anderson. They got rid of him. Uh, for some reason, they cut him. I don't know why. He was a 1,000-yard back last year, a very good running back um, when you give him that starting role. So I don't really know why they got rid of him. But uh, they did make up for it, I guess, if you say. They took Royce Freeman uh, in the draft this year, another guy who I think could step up, a sleeper, kind of a sleeping running back. Um so I think this year the Broncos kind of in this offseason they've kind of tried to turn back the tide back to that Super Bowl year uh, where they relied heavily on the run. Uh Peyton Manning obviously they had him but he wasn't Peyton Manning in his prime if you know what you know what I'm saying. Um he wasn't the best version of Peyton Manning that we've seen. Uh and they had Brock Osweiler a lot of the season, but they relied heavily on that run game for their offense and their defense was the key. And they've added to that defense. They added Bradley Chubb with a third overall pick, which is an insane pick for them. I'm very happy that they got that. We're going to have, if he pans out to be what everyone thinks he's going to be, if he could be like a Khalil Mack type of person, you pair him alongside Von Miller and you got a very scary pass rush. When the Broncos were the Broncos with the Marcus Ware and uh, Von Miller, that was a very scary pass rush. And that's why they won the Super Bowl uh, a couple years ago. Um, so I think they're kind of getting back to that, but they did have a pretty solid draft. Like I said, Royce Freeman, Cortland Sutton's a good wide receiver. Troy Fumagalli is a pretty good tight end out of Wisconsin. And then they added Joe, Josie Jewell, um, the middle linebacker out of Iowa, who I had as my middle linebacker sleeper. Uh, he's guy who he's a football player. That's flat out. He's not going to impress you at the combine. He's not going to wow you outside the field, but he just knows how to play football and he knows how to play it well. Um, I think he could be a very good sleeper pick this year, somebody that uh, kind of bursts onto the scenes and just becomes a stable of that defense for years to come, uh, holding down that middle linebacking core. But this team isn't, you know, this team does have talent. For 5-11, and 11, they probably had a lot. They probably are the best team that had a bad record last year. Best team in the top 10, I think, in the draft. Um, you know, they have Von Miller, probably – I would say he's up there top three best pass rushers in the NFL. And then you got two very good wide receivers in Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, Bradley Roby, Chris Harris. Chris Harris is a top corner. Uh, Derek Wolf's a very good defensive lineman. So this team does have talent. Uh, I don't think you're going to uh, see a kind of rebuild. I don't think Elway wants to go through a rebuild. That's why he signed Case Keenum. He didn't want to draft a quarterback high. Um, he thinks Case Keenum can do it, which is interesting because John Elway's not a good he's not a good quarterback drafter, if that makes sense. You know, he took Praxton Lynch, um, who hasn't turned out well, you know. Elway kind of relies on those free agents with Peyton Manning. He took Tim Tebow in the first round. I like Tim Tebow, but he's not a first round talent. He wasn't a first round quarterback. Um so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, if if Keenum steps up, I think this team, if Keenum steps up, Bradley Chubb becomes what we think he, sh- he should become. Bradley Roby steps up. Royce Freeman steps up. This is a playoff team. Uh, but I'm going to say 9-7 and seven with a good Case Keenum. Um, and that's a good Case Keenum. That's not a great Case Keenum. That's not a 2017 Minnesota Vikings. If he's at least 75% of what he was with the Vikings – they go nine and seven easily. But if he's bad, if he gets hurt, something happens and they have to go back to 
Paxton Lynch, stuff like that. Chad Kelly, who who's an interesting prospect, Chad Kelly. Uh, he's that third guy right there. Um, so that's interesting. But if they have to go back to, you know, Paxton Lynch, which I could I could see happening. You know, Keenum gets hurt or he just doesn't play well and he stinks and they bench him. I think they go 4-12. and 12, And I think Elway has to find a way to get a franchise quarterback. Um, and that I could see them drafting somebody. So this could turn out very well. This Case Keenum signing could turn out very well for the Broncos or it could turn out very bad. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um so that's it for AFC West Broncos. We're going to stick in the AFC West next week. We're going to go to the Chiefs. But we have another story of the NFL. Greg Robinson. Uh, if you don't know who he was, he was the second overall pick in 2012. Um, he was uh, drafted by the Rams, number two overall, behind Clowney. Uh, most people viewed him as a surefire offensive lineman going to stick in that middle for a long time um and he just simply hasn't he's been a bust through every fiber of his being he's been a bust uh he has not lived up to that number two overall pick um and he's bounced around for the from the league a couple years now he's with the lions last year and now he's signed with the browns which is not a bad signing for the browns because they don't really need him he's not an immediate you know plug-in player he's just going to be a guy i think provides depth Maybe even gets cut at training at the end of training camp if he doesn't perform. But I just wanted to review this 2012 NFL draft. The Rams took Greg Robinson with a second overall pick. They took Greg Robinson over. Listen to these names: Khalil Mack, Mike Evans, Anthony Barr, Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, best defensive player in the NFL, Ryan Shazier, Zach Martin, best guard in the NFL, C.J. Mosley. Demarcus Lawrence, sack leader last year. Devontae Adams, Jarvis Landry. Think about that. The Rams took Greg Robinson over probably four top wide receivers in the NFL today. Top 10. Mike Adams, Devontae Adams, Jarvis Landry, Odell. That's insane. That draft was full of talent, and the Rams just whiffed on a pick. Um, Now, Jadavion Clowney was a great pick at number one, but they just – and I would would think – I wouldn't go far to say that the te- would the Texans do that again? Would they take Clowney at number one, knowing what we know now? Probably not. I think they would take Aaron Donald because he's the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, but uh, this, the Rams really blew that pick. I mean, just think about those names: Khalil Mack, Pro Bowler; Mike Evans, top wide receiver; Anthony Barr, top linebacker; Taylor Lewan, a top offensive tackle; Zach Martin, best guard, highest paid guard; Aaron Donald, best offense, best defensive player in the NFL. Um, this was just a lot of talent and for the Rams to pick Greg Robinson there is it's insane. But, uh, you know, they didn't have the information we have now and that's why they took Greg Robinson number two, but we're going to move now to baseball. Uh, but before that, I want to remind you that our show is also brought to you by D's home cuts. Uh, D's home cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, Dee's will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut at Dee's for the last couple of months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every time you're going to go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better every single time because Dee's is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible. You can find Dee's Home Cuts on Twitter at Dom's Home Cuts or Instagram where you can DM him for an appointment or you get a, you can set up your appointment right there in his bio. There's a link in the bio on the Instagram where you can set up an appointment. It's very easy, very quick. Uh, really good process. Just get an appointment, $7, and it's a great haircut. Simple. 
Um, doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, just call up D's, set up an appointment, and you won't be disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So we're going to move now to baseball. Uh, two big injuries. I guess one's pretty big, one's kind of small. But it's strange. Uh, baseball has so many strange injuries. Uh, a lot of guys get hurt in weird ways. Madison Bumgarner, ATV accident. You know, there's always different stories. Jonathan Lucroy getting his hand slammed into a suitcase. And we got two more weird stories that have come out of baseball, two more weird injuries. And I'd say the weirdest, one of the weirdest in the last couple of years is Brandon Morrow. If you don't know who that is, he's a closer for the Cubs. Very good bullpen arm. Uh, it's been a really good uh, piece for the Cubs this year. He got back spasm. He, he got diagnosed with back spasms. He was put on the DL. And when people ask, you know, what was going on, how'd you get these kind of out of the blue nowhere, you know, he said that he was taking his pants off at three in the morning and he's putting his right, he took off his right leg and it's just his back just gave out and he could tell right away it was back spasms. I mean, that's so weird. And then you got Hunter Strickland, who's another good bullpen piece for the uh, Giants. Uh, if you remember Hunter Strickland, he got into a fight with Bryce Harper, kind of a hothead guy, uh, but he's a pretty decent bullpen arm. Probably a guy who would have been moved at the deadline. Maybe this changes it. But he broke his hand. Uh, he had to get surgery. He got sent on the DL because he punched a door. Um, and it's strange. Baseball has so many of these weird injuries. Uh, if I'm a guy, if I'm a professional athlete, like I said, I'm not. Um, if I'm a top guy and I know I have to stay healthy, and I'm off the field, I'm going to be taking so good care of myself, making sure I don't put myself in these situations. Obviously, you have freak injuries, like taking your pants off, you get back spasms. Um, but it's pretty strange to see these type of guys get injured because usually when guys are on the DL, it's something that happened on the field or maybe in the locker room, weight training. But when guys get injured you know, at their house, it's just a blow to your team, to your franchise, because you never expected this. Um, so we'll see what happens. Cubs... They're going to be looking for that closer uh, for the next couple of days. Um, and we'll see what happens. Does Hunter Strickland get traded at the deadline? I don't know. But speaking of the deadline, we're going to stick with the deadline. Um, that's coming up here soon. We talked about it last show. Kelvin Herrera got traded to the Nationals. First big name to get moved before the deadline. Uh, and the baseball deadline is really interesting because it's probably the most exciting trade deadlines in all sports. And I'd say basketball and football. Um, but you get teams every year who sell. There's buyers and sellers, people who just give away all their talent so they can kind of go into the rebuild. Um, and we'll see who is going to uh, going to who is going to be the sellers. Sorry, uh, of the MLB market. So I wanted to go ahead and give a couple teams that I think are going to sell at this uh, deadline. I will start in Tampa Bay with the Rays. The Tampa Bay has been a team who, a couple years ago, with David Price, Evan Longoria, they had a lot of big names, a lot of really good players, a lot of good talent. But this team has just fallen. They didn't reach the World Series like teams who who buy hope to do. Um, and now they're kind of floating in mediocrity, and this is a time for them to – this is a big moment for them because they're going to step up and go for it, but I don't think they should, and they're, or they're going to fall back and just trade away everything, trade away all their talent. And they have three solid pieces in Chris Archer, 
Wilson Ramos, and CJ Crone. Wilson Ramos is one of the best catchers in the league this year. Uh, he's batting over 300, going to be an all-star. Chris Archer, a very good starting pitcher. Uh, and CJ Crone's a very good bat to put in the middle of that lineup. Got some power. Um, so those three guys I could see getting moved. Everybody needs a starting pitcher. Everybody needs a catcher. Everybody needs a bat. Those are probably the three biggest um, maybe bullpen, you throw that in there. But the starting pitching, catcher, and just a power bat in the middle of the lineup are probably the three biggest needs at the deadline every single year. And then you throw bullpen right, bullpens right there. And that's why you got the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are going to – I think they're going to be trading Felipe Vasquez at the deadline. One of the – one of is their closer, one of the best bullpen pitchers in the league. Um, he's going to be a guy I could see moved. And then you go back to that catcher, Francisco Cervelli, who's, who's had a really good season this year at the plate. Uh, I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I know he's been playing really well. Um, he's a guy I could see that they move um, as long alongside you know Corey Dickerson or starting Marte. Um, those guys I could see being moved at the deadline. A couple other guys, a couple other teams I think are going to sell are the Blue Jays and the Rangers. Um, I could see the Giants also selling Bumgarner. I think Bumgarner is going to get moved at the deadline. He's not going to be there um, for the next couple years. His contract's not terrible, which makes it easy to sell. Uh, big name, got the World Series experience that teams need. Um, he could be a guy I could see um, traded. Could it be a team like the Brewers? Maybe. And I know Truman would be all excited if that happened, but I could I could see that as a really possible destination. The Brewers need starting pitching. Madison Bumgarner has that ace mentality, won a World Series, won two World Series, and he was the anchor in that in that uh, rotation. Um, he when he gets in the playoffs, Bumgarner is a guy who just who turns it on like that, and that's why I think he could be a guy who's easily traded at the deadline for a team that needs starting pitching like the Brewers. Um, but in my personal opinion, I don't think the Brewers are there yet. I don't think this is a team that needs to buy at the deadline, uh, especially for rental players who are only going to be there six months. Uh, but don't don't tell Truman that. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, um, a couple other names I think could get moved at the at the deadline. You know, Josh Hamilton, Jay Happ, um, Russell Martin, Cole Hamels, Adrian Beltre. Again, those all those guys are either starting pitchers or uh, catchers or bats. So, like I said, I think those are the three biggest positions. Uh, moved at the deadline. So now we're going to move on to a different kind of a segment. Uh, obviously, with no guests today, I got to fill some extra time. Um, and I wanted to try out a new segment today called What Would Have Happened? So this segment, I guess the premise behind it is I want to, you know, get, get a big moment in sports and go back to it and ask the question, what would have happened if this happened or like if it's a situation where let's say you know somebody choked or something just didn't go the right way or something happened a freak injury or something what would happen if that didn't happen if that makes sense um so we're going to go back to november 2nd 2016 i'm going to stick with a biased uh biased event i guess um and that's this event happened on november 2nd 2016 Game 7 of the World Series, Cubs versus Indians. Again, 6-4, 2-2 count. Rajay Davis is up to the plate versus the best reliever in all baseball, Rollis Chapman. Somebody who consistently throws 100 miles per hour. 
a guy who most guys don't want to face. And Rajay Davis is up to the plate with a guy on second, down 6-4. We just scored a run off of him. The momentum's building in Cleveland, but Rajay Davis, all we can hope for is he gets on base. He's not a guy who's going to hit a home run. He's not a guy who's going to change the game with one swing of the bat. He's somebody you want on base, though. Somebody get him on base so we can have another guy drive him in. But, again, 2-2 count, bottom of the eighth. He hits probably the greatest home run in my life. Roger Davis hit a home run to left field, tied the game up at six. Cubs fans were devastated. Things were going really well for the Indians. Momentum was back on our side. We were losing the whole game. To come back like that and hit a home run off of their tank was insane. And that was top five moment of my life. Um, top five moment of many Indians fans' lives. And sadly, it had this it has this black mark on it due to the outcome of that game. And I think that was because of the 17 minutes that get at the game stop. That rain delay. So I wanted to go back and ask, what would have happened if that rain delay, if the rain never poured in Cleveland that night? Um, so it, it was bottom, in between the bottom of the ninth and top of the tenth. We were going to extra innings tied at six. Uh, at 11.54, there was a 17-minute rain delay between those two innings. Um, I think that was the huge, I think that played, that was probably the biggest factor in how the Indians lost that game. Because of uh, um, the momentum, it got sucked out of that stadium after that, and uh, when that rain delay happened, you know, you got a team, you got fans who are all up on their feet. Rajay Davis just hit the biggest home run in Cleveland Indians history, and now for 17 minutes, we got to sit here and wait, and we have no clue when this game's going to start, and we got to sit here and wait for it to happen again. And um. It just sucked the momentum out of that stadium. I truly believe if that rain delay wouldn't have happened, the Indians got that. But I think one of the underlooked problems of that game was in the bottom of the ninth when Cody Allen walked David Ross. Uh, to walk the leadoff hitter in that game was huge. Um, if Cody Allen wouldn't have walked him, I think we would have had a better shot to win this game, and I'll tell you why. Because when... David Ross got walked. Terry Francona took Cody Allen out, put Brian Shaw in. Not blaming Brian Shaw. I know a lot of fans blame that loss on Brian Shaw. But I'm going to put that on um, the rain delay and that walk. I think that walk was huge for us because now um, you walk David Ross. Brian Shaw has to come in. Cody Allen gets taken out. And due to that walk and a pinch runner, uh, a runner ends up on third. Uh, so Terry Fercona decides to switch Coco Chris, take him out of left field, and put Mark Mike Mar- uh, Martinez in um, in left field because Martinez had a stronger arm than Coco. Um, so that was a huge factor later in the game because obviously last batter of the game was Michael Martinez. If he wasn't up to bat, he had a 197 batting average. If he wasn't up to bat and instead it was Coco Chris, I think we have a better shot at coming back and kind of tying that game back up. But – I don't know. Uh, I really, I don't understand when I was thinking about it why Terry Francona put Brian Shaw in that game after the rain delay. Uh, Otero was in the bullpen. Otero had a great year. Uh, I don't know why he put Brian Shaw back in there after a seventeen minute, seventeen minutes of downtime. 
I think he took should have took Shaw out. I think he should have put Otero in, and I think Otero would have shut the door in the bottom of the in the top of the tenth. And I think the Indians would have kept riding that momentum, and they would have won. But again, can't go back and change history. But it's just cool to think, you know, what would have happened if Terry Francona doesn't pitch Brian Shaw there? What would have happened if Cody Allen didn't walk? David Ross. What would have happened if that rain never poured in Cleveland that night? That's 17 minutes at 11.54 p.m. Changed baseball history forever because that gave the Cubs their first World Series, devastated Cleveland, and just took the air out of all the Cleveland sports fans. Um, And that would have been insane because the Cavs and the Indians winning the championship in the same year and the Monsters and Stipe Miocic winning the a UFC championship. That would have been an insane year for Cleveland. Um, but sadly, we can only look back on that, you know, and think, you know, what would have happened. But uh, we're going to get one this year. The Indians are going to get one this year and uh, hopefully redeem that night. So we're going to move now to question and answer. Before that, I want to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Um, are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Yes. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So we're going to move now to question and answer. got a couple questions here sent in by the listeners. Um, and obviously being from Cleveland, I guess not from Cleveland, but from Northeast Ohio, Cavs, a lot of our listeners are Cavs fans and uh, LeBron fans. We talked about LeBron earlier in the show, how he's holding the Cavs hostage. Um, but the SB Awards came out the other day, uh, ESPN's award show. And for best male athlete, there was four guys listed, James Harden, Jose Altuve, Tom Brady, Alex Ovechkin. No LeBron. That makes no sense. I'll admit it. I don't like LeBron. I don't like him um, as a basketball player. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty good guy, but I just don't like him on the court at all. I don't like how he acts, but he is the best basketball player right now in the world, and there is no excuse that he should be put, that he should be left out of that. I get it. James Harden's a very good athlete, but he's not even close to what LeBron is. So, to, so we got a question is, why isn't LeBron in the ESPYs for, my, for best male athlete? Why isn't he nominated? Yeah, I don't understand. That makes no sense. I don't know why you put James Harden over um, LeBron in the basketball. I guess you got to take four, take a guy from each sport. So I don't really blame Altuve, Brady, or Ovechkin. But why, why would you put Harden over LeBron? LeBron's an easy choice there. You easily put him there. I guess you don't want LeBron to win again, um, switched up a little bit. But I just don't understand why you don't put LeBron – um, as the best male athlete, because he is the best athlete in the world right now. I guess you could get into that, but he's easily the best basketball player. I don't understand why you don't put him in there. But I think, I guess, if you put him in there, he automatically wins. He automatically beats Altuve, Brady, and Ovechkin. So I guess they wanted to kind of switch it up. I think Ovechkin wins that because of the story you know, of him winning the Stanley Cup. But I wanted to look at Altuve a little bit. And we got another question is, you know, why do we never hear from Mike Trout? Mike Trout is the best player in all of baseball. One of the best players in the last couple of years. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be the best player of all time. 
Why isn't he in there over Altuve? I get it. These guys, you know, they want people who have won super won, won championships and stuff like Altuve did. But Trout's 10 times more of the player than Altuve. Trout is on pace to have one of his best seasons ever. He's batting 335 with 23 home runs, which leads the league. And we never hear from the guy. That makes no sense to me. You got you got players. You hear more from Bryce Harper, who's having a pretty terrible season batting 217, than you do from Mike Trout, who is the best baseball player in the league right now, best baseball player there's a chance in history. So why aren't we hearing from him? Why do we never see him? You know, why doesn't he have his own studio? Why doesn't he have his own clothing line? Why do we, you know, you never hear Mike, you ever hear from Mike Trout. You never hear anything from him. And that's insane to me. He is the best baseball player right now in the league. And what he's doing right now is is crazy. His stats are crazy. If you ever get a chance, go on, look him up. And he's far above what um, any other player in baseball is right now. And he's done it consistently for the last couple of years. Altuve, no disrespect to him. He's a very good player. Um, I would love Altuve in the Indians. He's one of the most consistent hitters, but he is not Mike Trout. That's just plain and simple. He's not Mike Trout. And you see Altuve all the time on commercials. Um, you see Lindor on commercials. You see, you know, other guys, especially basketball. MLB just does a terrible job at marketing its players. But Mike Trout, they have an opportunity to take Mike Trout. And they have an opportunity to market basically Jordan in his prime right now. Mike Trout is, is Michael Jordan of baseball. Um and I get it. He doesn't have the World Series rings, but he what he's doing right now is in, is better than anybody. And he's you don't hear from him at all. He's the quiet guy in the back. I don't know. Maybe that's just his personality. But he we need to start hearing more from Mike Trout. And baseball's got to do a better job of marketing him. Um, baseball's just not good at marketing. You know they they're they're the league that won't let you post videos on Twitter. Uh, they don't mic up their players. They actually tried to scrub that Terry Collins mic'd up video uh, from Twitter and social media. Uh, I don't understand why, because it got tons of clicks, and that was a clip that was a clip from like three years ago, and it got tons of clicks, tons of views. It was good for baseball, but they tried to scrub it and get rid of it. Um, and they they just do a terrible job at marketing. NBA is probably the best marketing league, and baseball has an opportunity to make baseball fun for the younger generation, but they just don't do it. And I don't know why Mike Trout is so good. He's one of the best baseball players in MLB history chance to be the best. Um, and you never hear from the guy. Um, you see him. The only time you really see him is at other sporting events. And I, he's been on a commercial or two, I think, but Altuve Lindor, these guys are way more marketed than he is. And Altuve and Lindor aren't even marketed that much. Uh, I think if I'm MLB, I'm taking Mike Trout, I'm making him the face of the league, which he's not right now, and I'm putting him on TV every single chance I get because he is somebody who is going to make your league fun for the younger generations. Um, but that's just my thought on it. I don't really know why they, do, why they don't do this, but that's just um, – that's just strange to me. Uh, so that's it for that. You know, why Why do we never hear from Mike Trout? Because the MLB is just really bad at marketing and they don't understand how to grow a league like the NBA or the NFL. I just don't understand it. It seems like simple 
simple ways to grow this game. You're not going to grow the game by speeding it up and destroying it and changing it. You're going to grow the game by taking your star players like Mike Trout, like Altuve, like Lindor, like um, Scherzer, like Corey Kluber, and you're going to take them and you're going to put them on TV. You're going to let people post clips of them. You're going to let people, you know, ooh and ah over, you know, the curveball thrown by uh, Trevor Bauer. Um, you're going to let these guys kind of take off on social media, TV, sports media, interviews, all this stuff, and that's how you grow the game. You get the younger generation more excited about these guys, and that's how you grow it. It's not by changing it. It's not by taking away uh, the intentional walk. It's not by replays. It's not by establishing a pitch clock. It's by taking these players and making them more marketable to the younger generations and establishing um, a love for the game young, and that's how you do it. So I don't understand baseball, what you're doing. I don't understand why you guys do this, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, I'm just a 19 year old guy talking into a microphone right now. I can't change anything. Uh, but that's pretty much it for our show today. That's all the questions we got today. Uh, it's just me. So again, it's not the most exciting show, uh, but we're going to, I know we had, we had Johnny on Tuesday. He's a guy we've had on before, but next week, tune in guys. It's going to be our biggest week yet. We got, I'm not going to tell you what's going on, but just tune into the Twitter. I know our Twitter has been kind of silent this week. We've been working some stuff. Um, we got something big in the works, uh, something me and Truman are really excited for. Um, we're not going to say what it is, but tune in uh, on Tuesday. Actually, just watch the Twitter on Monday um, for an update about what's going to happen. We're very excited to announce something that's a pretty big deal for us. Um, to the outside world probably Probably not, but for us, it's a big deal, and we're very excited to announce that we're going to announce it on Monday, uh, and we're going to have a pretty big week next week, so tune in for that. Uh, we want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, we ask that you go onto iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Uh, I'm working on getting us onto YouTube, posting our podcast on YouTube. I know it makes it a lot easier for Android users to listen to it, um, so search TNT Sports Talk on YouTube, and you can find it. It will be on our Twitter. Um, hopefully, again, I'm, I don't know. I'm not good with technology, so uh, I'm kind of learning as I go along here. So bear with me as I try to figure this out. I know we had the SoundCloud, but that didn't work really well. Um, and we're trying to get make it easier for Android users to listen. But if you have an iPhone, it's pretty easy to listen. Just go onto the podcast app and search us, and you can find us right there. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Rate, review us. Um, you can find us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk one 2 or Instagram. Again, our Twitter is where we're going to post, you know, our news, we're going to post our YouTube page so you can find us easily and just uh, follow us on Twitter so you can send us questions, you can send us um, requests if you want to come on the show, be a guest, give us your sports takes. Uh, but you can listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 12 to 1. Um, that's going to be before, that's going to be after the draft, so hopefully some of our predictions go true, um, could become true. Check out our mock draft on uh, Tuesday, see how close that is. Um, again, no guests today. Just me. I thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing along to my takes. But next week is going to be huge. Tune in on Tuesday. We have a huge – we have a pretty big guest. We're pretty excited. Um, tune in on – look at our Twitter on Monday, and we'll release it, uh, who, who it is. And uh, But that's it for today. Have a great day, and tune in on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.